Bishus Arav, El Presidente. This week's Parsha, Parsha Shlach. Says in the Nitziv, and there are other Bepharshim that echo this point, that the way Hashem deals with you and picks up the slack for you is commensurate with your bitachon in Him. Klai Yisrael goes ahead this week's Parsha, they ask for Miraglim. So according to the Ramban, Shlach Lecha, Hashem says, Shlach Lecha, send for yourself. Hashem is saying, according to the Ramban, that if you want Miraglim, Klai Yisrael, fine. But you can, so to speak, live by the Miraglim and die by the Miraglim, figuratively speaking. As the Orachim points out, sending spies is fine and practical if your goal is to go and, and see the lay of the land, how many soldiers the opposition has, you know, to devise military strategy. But the pinnacle, the highest level of bitachon is having 1,100% trust in Hashem that all will work out perfectly and then you don't need practicality. It's like when Neo says in the, in the Matrix, you mean I can dodge bullets? And Morpheus says, when you're ready, you won't have to. Once you believe on the highest level that Hashem has your back, you're bulletproof. Points out the Nitziv that Hashem told Shmuel Hanavi that Shaul HaMelech is no longer king because he failed to wipe out Amalek, so go ahead and appoint David ben Yishai as king. Now Shmuel could have just said, okay, no problem, boss. But he goes ahead and he replies, but Hashem, Shaul, the king, He's going to hear that I'm headed to the house of Yishai. He's going to certainly have me killed because he wants to retain his machus, his, king, his kingship. So what should I do? Tell me what I should do. How do I avoid getting killed by the king? So Hashem then in response instructs him, bring a korban in the town of Yishai. So, that, so it looks like you're just in town to bring a korban, etc., etc. But the point is Hashem didn't lead with that plan. He didn't say, go and do this and, and tell David ben Yishai that he's king. No, he only responded to Shmuel's fears with that plan. Had Shmuel not asked any questions, he wouldn't need a plan. Oftentimes we create problems. With our machshavos, start talking about what's practical. We're often, we're too smart for our own good. Like in The Princess Bride, the battle of wits between Vizini and Wesley, which goblet has the poison in it? And if you don't get that reference, YouTube it, Google it. We don't always have to be so smart. Sometimes take a step back, let go, and let the Rabboni Shalom do his thing. Let him take over. With that in mind, of having that elite level bitachon to the point where you don't even need the plan. Many people are very confused, including myself, by the episode of the Miraglim. How could Klal Yisrael request spies? Have Oh, let's go spy out the land. We just saw... The Egyptians drowned in the Yamsuf. We witnessed the ten plagues. All of the Nisim that occurred every second in the desert. The Man, the Anane HaKavod, the Pillar of Fire, the Bear Miriam, everything. Matan Torah, literally just experiencing Hashem in the most profound way in history. And some people say, ah, oh, it's, it's the slave mentality, they were weak-minded. But maybe we can suggest something else. Says the Malbim, Klal Yisrael knew that Moshe was not going to make it into Eretz Yisrael. They knew he was going to be Nifter in the, in the Midbar. He was going to pass away in the Midbar. Now think about that. Here's a nation of people who have been coddled by Hashem. They relied on Moshe to be their intermediary with God so they could know 
literally like what's going on and what to do next. They relied on the spiritual cocoon that they were in. They were encased in the clouds of glory, nice and cozy. Nothing can hurt you. You have no responsibilities, nothing to do but bask in the glory of the Rabbonu Shalom. It's good, simple living. In Eretz Yisrael, it's not going to be so simple. You're going to have to find your own way, your own derech as a nation. You're going to have to literally plow the land. You don't have to do that in the desert. Sure, God is with you, but now it's all on you to follow the precepts of the Torah, to act properly, conduct yourselves as a nation, as individuals in the proper manner. There's not going to be Moshe to guide you over here. You're going to do business with each other, fight wars. You're going to have to contend with your own egos, power struggles, differences in opinion. So imagine your Klai Yisrael be getting some cold feet. I know I, I need to see what it looks like. What's, what's going on over there? How's the land? Can we cultivate it? What is, what's going on over there? It's very scary. So yes, everything looked big and scary when the Miraglim had themselves a peak. That's where their minds were, coming from that place. So comes along the Torah in this week's Parsha, the And you will not explore after your heart and after your eyes. Don't lead with your eyes. Lead with your neshama, the Torah is coming along to tell us. It says in the Tivas Yosher, we're not meant to shut down the senses. A person who's blind is halakhically considered not a complete person because one of the, if not the most, if not the primary way we absorb the world around us is through sight. What we see has a tremendous effect on our lives, of course. We see soldiers, people, unfortunately today, even children who've seen horrifying, violent things. They suffer from post-traumatic stress. We see also people who can tell you when they were six years old, they had this one teacher who showed them love and, and helped them in a certain way and it inspired them to become whatever they became today. And they, like acts of love can have the same type of effect. So you're looking at the grandiosity of the world, the cars and the clothes, the luxury, the Instagram, people on lavish vacations, closing deals, and you're just looking at all these things and you're in effect conditioning your mind and heart. Oh, this guy's doing these things. This guy's life revolves around all these things. I should probably do the same. Because this guy's a smart together guy. He's, he's, respectable. he's a respectable person. I respect him. I know him. So if he's doing it like this, this must be the way to go. This becomes your chayas in life. Your life and energy is devoted to it. Again, we have to stress that we're not discouraging obtaining nice things and all that. But the question is, is what is your chiyas in life? What gets you going? And what we're looking at, what we're gazing at, it shapes our chiyas in life. So Klai Yisrael, they wanted a peak. They needed to see if they could really do it. If they could really build a life for themselves without Moshe Rabbeinu, without the Ananiya Kavod and the Man. Because in their hearts, they felt like they absolutely would not be able to do it. And this is proof that so many people say, no, I don't believe in God and I'm not going to follow the Torah because I can't see God. I can't hear God. I can't talk to Him. If He would reveal Himself to me, then 100% I'm all in. This over this part is proof that it's not the case. Bitachon is challenging even when you've just experienced God firsthand. You're literally life left your body. Your neshama left your body and you came back to life. You were resuscitated because the experience was so profound and overwhelming. That was Klai Yisrael at this time. So we need to ask for the Siyat to realize that we can get through any challenge that comes our way. We can overcome any obstacle. It's cliche, but it's 100% true if we believe that the Rabboni Shalom put us here, has our backs, 
then that challenge that's before us is a part of that journey we're on to achieve our purpose in this world. So Hashem's not going to leave us hanging. So Bezrat Hashem, we should all have Siyad Deshmaya to believe that we're not bound by the same rules. I don't know if anyone remembers the We Believe Warriors back in 2008. The Golden State Warriors, they were the eighth seed in the NBA playoffs. They took down the number one team and they were, they were nicknamed the We Believe Warriors. Why? Because really they weren't as good of a team. But if, if you believe... We believe that we can do it, then we can do it. We can keep beating the, the teams that are better than us. Yes, you need to do your ishtadlis. You need to have a game plan. But above all, you need to know that it's going to work out and that you're going to win. One more story, even though I know it's already over eight and a half minutes. There's a, there's a story I just heard from a comedian. His name is Chris DiStefano. And he was talking about 10 years ago, he was getting his first gig on the David Letterman show. It's a late night show. And for a comedian to get such a gig, it can launch your career into new heights and you can become very successful. So he's backstage. John Travolta is being interviewed by David Letterman, a late night host. And he's backstage and he's incredibly, incredibly nervous. And he, he says he had the suit on. It was too big. He, he couldn't afford like a better suit. He thought he looked ridiculous. He's looking at himself, all this negativity. Ah, I'm not gonna, I can't do this too big of a stage. I have this big suit on. John Travolta comes backstage after his interview. And he sees Chris DeSafano standing there nervous. And he goes up to him and, he, and he, he just he knew right away what to say. And he says, wow, that's a beautiful suit you have on. And Chris DeSafano starstruck that John Travolta, this big movie star, is talking to him. He's like, wow, it's a beautiful suit. He's like, what, what are you doing here? What, 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 are you, what are you here for? So Chris DiStefano replies, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm here to perform a set. I'm going to go on in a few minutes. And John Travolta observed the obvious, which was, you look, you look like you're very nervous. And Chris DiStefano said, that's because I am very nervous. And John Travolta said, you don't have anything to be nervous about because you, you already did it. It's over. Chris DiStefano was like, I don't, I don't know if you heard me. I'm, not, I'm going on in a few minutes. I haven't gone yet. You were first, and now I'm, I'm going on after you to perform stand-up. John Travolta said, I, I know, but you did it already. Chris is like, I don't think you're hearing me. No, John Travolta said, you're not hearing me. You were probably vetted by, by David Letterman. He, did, he doesn't just get anybody to come on the show and perform stand-up. He vetted you. He knows the set you're about to do. You've probably done it a thousand times. You did all of the work. Now's the time where you just have to go up there and just be in the moment and have fun and enjoy it. And believe that you're prepared for this. That's all you have to do. And the weight just came right off of Chris as the final shoulders. He went out there. He performed an amazing set. And he's a, he's a relatively successful comedian since then. So really, we have to understand that we just have to believe. And if we believe, we can do anything. Anything in this world. Because we have the Rabbonah Shalom who has our backs. Everybody have an amazing Shabbos.